I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, folks. Before we throw it to this week's episode, I just wanted to just announce a little thing here. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe, a, Jesus Christ, now it's probably been about a month and a half ago, my friend Dave had asked me, what's the one thing that I miss the most now that we're all locked away in quarantine? And my answer to him was uh, live shows. Man, I, recording the podcast in front of a live audience, there's there's probably nothing in the world that I love more. And if you've ever been to one of our live shows, um, I would hope that you feel the same way that I do and that they're really fun. Uh, so I'm really excited to announce that we will be doing our very first quarantine edition live podcast stream this week. Um, we're going to be streaming it live on Wednesday, the 20th, um, uh, May 20th. And it's going to be happening uh, around 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Um, we're just dipping our toes into this whole live streaming space. And so for the for the time being, this is what our live shows are going to look like. But what's really cool is that you can attend them from fucking wherever you are. You don't have to be in Toronto or Vancouver, where we normally end up having our shows. So uh, because this is our first one and we're just kind of testing out the waters, our first show is going to be exclusive to our patrons uh, because we love you guys so much. And so if you want to be in the audience and you want to be a part of that live show experience, but you aren't a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash sickboy. Doesn't matter what tier you subscribe to. Uh, if you just become a patron, you'll you'll get access to to that show, and uh, we're really looking forward to seeing everyone there on Wednesday night. So, uh, Patreon.com/sickboy. Can't wait to see you there, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. It means a lot to me, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is my wife, Bridie. We're talking about grief and the loss of a family member. Let's talk about it. Okay. Oh, hey. Oh, hey there. Um, uh, oh, hello. I didn't expect to see you guys here today. <laughs> yeah. What, oh. what are the odds? Um, yeah. uh, oh, and hello, hello there to you, listener. Um, this week we were doing something a little different. Um, uh, we, uh, I guess, okay. So let me lay this out. So, uh, so I, for those of you who are maybe new to sick boy or you just aren't familiar, um, I host, uh, another podcast with my wife, my wife, uh, called turn me on podcast. I thought you were saying your wife is called Turn Me On Podcast. No. That's her name. No, no. Her name is Bridie McLean. And uh, she's a lovely lady. And our, our podcast, um, typically on our podcast, we talk to guests about uh, sex and relationships and different relationship dynamics and that whole thing. Um, but uh, this past week, um, last week, uh, Bridie's father died. 
Uh, so she's been living on Prince Edward Island since the since COVID broke out. She went over there to care for her dad, who was in uh, he was he was late stage cancer. Um, we knew his death was coming, and uh, he recently died. And so, so what we did on the show last week was we we released an episode on Termion where Bridie and I sat and uh, we just talked about what that process was like for her and for us. And, um, it was very, uh, it was very different. It was outside the norm of what, what turn me on podcast usually uh, touches on, obviously. Um, but it was a conversation that like really struck me and it was a conversation that I felt was very fitting for this show and, and a lot of the themes that we touch on on the show on a, on a constant basis. And so this week we decided um, that we're going to release uh, a, a large portion of that conversation that Bridie and I had last week. As I just want to say, um, Jer, having having listened to it, um, I I was I know we're going to talk about it after after we let our listeners hear that conversation. We're going to jump back on the mics and talk talk about it after. But mm-hmm. man, I was. I couldn't help but think about how many people will relate um, to the things, some of the things that Bridie talks about in, in having lost, if, especially if you've lost someone who's close to you. Mm. Um, man, this conversation is, it was extremely powerful hearing how openly you guys discussed um, her, her father passed, her dying, and, and how recently afterwards she was able to be so like clear headed about it. Mm. But anyway, I'll yeah. leave that to afterwards, but yeah. I, 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 I'm excited for people to hear this. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because Bridie, uh, I, I mean, I, I know I'm not alone in this, but like Bridie's is in my mind, in my eyes, Bridie's one of the most, she, she's the greatest teacher I've ever had. You know, she's taught me so much about life and, and loss and, and just uh and just how to like process tough situations in life and so this was a moment where where she again stepped into that role as like a, a really wonderful teacher and i i'm hoping that uh i'm hoping that offering up this conversation for our listeners uh gives them a little bit of insight into how just how uh wise she is and and uh and hopefully they take something away from it yeah, when you go to Wikipedia and type in "old soul," um, it's just Bridie's picture. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, okay, cool. So I hope you enjoy this uh, and and stick around. Once the once the conversation between Bridie and myself is over, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back and the three of us will uh, will di- will discuss. We'll have a little uh, a little sort of huddle about uh, about what we just listened to. So I hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you uh, on the other side. Brad, you were saying, I know that like while this is all happening, I mean, it was really hard for me because I was here and I couldn't be there, and I really wanted to be um, here as in, in Halifax our, at our home, and uh, you're over there on, on the island. Um, but you were saying that it was like a really... Um, it was like a really beautiful death and 
like like the entire process of it all like can you can you speak to that a little bit because i find that very i find that very interesting um you know i've i've been doing i've been doing these like these talks and 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 these interviews lately virtually for work and one of the things that has like come that has come up a couple of times um has been this like discussion uh, surrounding the topic of death, which is a, you know a, a big theme in a lot of my speaking engagements and stuff. And uh, there's been a couple times where like the 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 topic of like of normalizing the conversation surrounding death and how I go about that and and why and yada yada, and and I, I'm catching myself answering this question w- with with the the um by talking about how you know i've been spending all this time trying to prepare everyone for my death and normalizing my death but personally i've i've always had a really fucking tough time with anybody else's death that isn't my own so you know like when when my friend brandon died just like um it's just like when anyone dies who's like remotely close to me um, it just like seems to really fuck me up and I have a hard time like wrapping my head around it. Um, and you had said something while all of this was happening that I found really interesting. And I kind of want to like, I kind of want to hear from you about that because I selfishly, like I want to take what you took from this process and like, incorporate that into like, I want to learn, I want to learn what you learned. Um, and I don't remember verbatim what it was that you said, but it it was something to the effect of like, you know, I really wish you were here to witness this because, um, there was something very profound about your father's death. Um, just the way that it all came to be. And uh, I'm just curious to know what that was for you. And like, what, it, what did you learn from this experience of losing someone, you know, arguably like one of the closest people you, you've in your life, mm-hmm. which is something that you're not unfamiliar with, yeah. like close loss, you know? The first thing I want to say is I've seen you grieve for people who have passed and I don't think you have a hard time. I think that you are very moved when that happens and, you know, I think when you said that you're probably picturing or feeling or remembering like, like crying so hard that you're you're like wailing and you can't get it under control I think something that I took from this experience was um I whenever because I I am a crier I can be a crier and it can be really hard for me to talk about things that are important to me or like when I'm moved I cry but I have this previous perception that that not that that wasn't okay, but, um, 
it wasn't something I wanted to do in front of people. I didn't want to really feel that feeling because it's, it's like, you know, seems inappropriate or, or I, I don't even know what it is. Cause I, I'm not ashamed about crying or feel, and nor do I feel that it's weak, but I don't want to necessarily let other people see me in that vulnerable state. Mm. Um, I'd like to cry and wail freely actually and experience mm. this, but I feel like I almost have to protect the other person from that. So this time, this time I didn't fight myself on, on the tears ever. And they actually, they would come and they would move through me. And I did a lot of moving. I did a lot of like shaking my body, like, you know, in the last, in the last, um, couple weeks, especially of, of his life when he was in the hospital and then in palliative care, it, I was spending a lot of time just like moving it through my body and sometimes making sounds when I cry and all of that kind of stuff. And I found it would just move and then it would end and then life would go on. And, um, you know, and that, that's kind of, that's kind of been happening well, that welling up has happened a lot over since his diagnosis at the end of January. Um, and then, and then in the last couple of weeks when I was seeing part of death, cause I saw him every single day that I was here, something like 47 days. And then he went into the hospital and I, and there were five days before I could go into the hospital to see him because of COVID. Um, and then he was allowed one visitor. So, he, so I was his person. And then, and then, uh, I visited him four days in a row in the hospital before he got moved to palliative. And then he was in palliative for two days, um, and, and passed away. Um, I forget what I was saying. So moving a lot, allowing the emotion to come through. Um, and yeah, in the last couple of weeks, the, as I saw things about death that I've never seen before, um, like what? This is <laughs> when I first got here, I was like, my dad looks old. <laughs> and then in the last two weeks, it was like every day, every day I would leave being like, how much closer to death can you look and yeah. still be alive and um yeah it's know, pretty my, wild how how different he looked like i mean even when i saw him last which was every day every yeah. day and you know like his you know his his i think a lot like i saw a lot of um his skeleton um which was You know, just like what it, it was like, 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 you know, our bones are so small. Our bones are so mm. thin. He was mm. so thin. And, and just, you know, for the, so that everybody listening, you know, knows that my dad was so peaceful about what was happening. He was ready mm -hmm. to go. He felt, he believed he was not scared. Not once, you know, and, and I'll, I'm actually going to speak about that again in a minute too, but because, um, 
you know, he was going to a good place. So he was, he was really observe, you know, observing and I have some really funny voicemails saved from him, which is like, I don't know, I, my feet seem fine today and, and, uh, but I can't stop pooping. Um, you know, like <laughs> just like observing and, and writing notes and, um, but yeah, every day I would come in and he, it was like death came again today and took a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'd read about this, you know, a, a person will stop eating, which he did like two and a half weeks before he died. He's really like just wasn't eating anymore. Um, they may start, um, um, he kept miming that he was taking a drink of water. Like there was nothing in his hands, but he would mime that he was taking his pills and, and swallowing water. And he would be asking me to, to set the glass down. So that's like another telltale sign. And again, that was happening for about two and a half weeks as well. Right around the same time he stopped eating. What do you mean? Like, like miming to signal to like, cause he wasn't communicating or he was just like, he was taking, he literally just thought he was drinking. Mm -hmm. And he was at that, you know, Holy fuck. Yeah. Um, those, that was when like, you know, if he was taking a lot of Dilaudid, um, you know, but that's common. His feet, his feet were, I spent a lot of time, like I gave him foot soaks. I gave him a foot, foot massages in the hospital from laying in the bed after he laid in a bed for a week, his heels (coughs) were all cracked and broken up. And I, I massage his feet and, and put and cream on his feet and, and just like the feet get cold and the feet get sore. That is another sign. Um, and then I watched him respond to me less and less and only respond to the healthcare providers. And then after that, you know, a, a couple of days, a, a the day he moved to palliative, um, they called me in and they thought he was going to die that night. And he was, he was, uh, he woke up and had a full, like reached his arms over his head and like stretched out and like had a full (laughs) volume conversation and then kind of went to sleep and never really opened his eyes again. And that was, you know, there's, there's those two days where he didn't open his eyes which I had seen too with my grandfather, like very much they're unconscious. But then someone on the, uh, in the morning, so he, he died at noon and on that morning, someone came to the window, someone who hadn't been there and he heard her voice and he started making noise, a little bit of noise. And I could feel him move. Like I could feel him move his body, which was like the most he had responded to anything in a day and a half. And, you know, I was with him for so much of it. And, you know, I was just making guesses. Like, is it okay if I put music on? This was music he liked at the house. But when he left the house for the hospital, he really left behind. Like, he didn't want to take anything to the hospital. Like, things that I thought were important and, like, meaningful to him. Like, like I don't know, just even his slippers or... Or mm. like an, a book that he had been reading. And sure enough, he got into the hospital and he never touched a thing in the suitcase. He was really like letting go. I watched him remove a bracelet when I first got here. I was just watching him letting go of his like 
personal effects of his personal belongings. Cool. It was just like he was really ready to leave all the earthly stuff behind. And um, once we once he got into palliative and and they were like, he's probably going to pass away tonight. You can have up to five people here that are allowed to come in and, and physically see him. And my brother who hadn't, who had been, you know, not, he has a family and he hadn't been around. I've been here every day. He all of a sudden showed up and it was basically he and my other brother, another brother and I switching out. Um, I slept there both nights and, um, my brother who was like, just, you know, also emotional, but letting it come move through him and process it and let it happen as it was happening. But we sat there and for the last two days, I mean, this is really stuff I, I are the images that are starting to fl- flood my head now, like th- that I have are, um, in the last couple of days, like knowing that he could still hear and had at, in a large part, chosen not to respond anymore to me anyway. And I, and I felt really good about that. And like, I, I feel really great about that. I was there all the time. And maybe even if I was annoying him sometimes like, I think this is okay. I think dad would like this, you know, and hopefully I wasn't keeping it too heavy in the room. I definitely, I wasn't doing any of my crying and sobbing in there. I was like keeping that out in the kitchen at palliative care. What a fucking special place. The nurses there just like, (laughs) They're like, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But they're so positive <laughs> and like what an incredible place to pass. Um, it it looked. He called himself Billy more and more and more over the last like when he was talking to himself and like mm. encouraging himself to go easy, go slow, slow down, Billy. It seemed like what he needed was to be coached, like in a very maternal kind of way. Do you think, like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, Uh, I think because of just the timing of like, um, the timing of a lot of things, you know, that things that I've been, uh, watching and things that I've been listening to and, uh, your father and things that I've been having conversations about, but I'm thinking a lot more lately than I normally would about what happens after we die and like, and, um, you know, just like, uh, it's like existential thoughts of, maybe I'm using that word wrong. What does existential mean? Yeah, I think it's like existence. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, like existential thoughts about 
after we're dead. Yeah. Um, well, and like, have, did you have that? Has any of what you've experienced, like, have you have, has, has that come up? Have those thoughts come up for you or, um, life after what, where's my dad right now? (laughs) Yeah. Not where is your dad right now? I I mean, sure. If you want to, if, if that's, if that's what that means to you. Um, but like, yeah. Like where's your dad's soul? Where's your dad's? Yeah. Where's the thing that made Billy, (laughs) Billy, (laughs) you know, Um, where's, where's his energy? Where like, I mean, what I picture is like a diamond that I picture it's very visual to me. I pictured, I picture just this explosion of light. Mm-hmm. Like I, I picture that like, I don't know. I picture like a spark just, this doesn't make any sense, but like shattering and becoming like atomic and filling up all of the space, like a gas. That makes a thousand percent of sense to me. That's, ha- that is, that, that is image. literally, that is literally the, the, it like to a T the experience that I had when I smoked five MEO DMT. I think that is why I picture that. I think when you told me the story of what you experienced, um, it brought me a lot of, I remember weeping on the phone when you told me that's that story and, and it comforted me. So it comfort that, that image I have, you know, who fucking knows. But that image of 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 what it feels like that liber it feels like liberation. Mm. I can just I don't know when it happens because I I felt that my dad was receding, like he was getting further and further and further away from me. Mm. But I definitely, it yeah, it was like this crossing. This he was crossing over, and in the, especially in the last couple of days, I was just like, he told me he he was ready to go that time. We took him to hosp- the hospital in Halifax two months ago. Yeah. He thought he was going to die that night, and and he wasn't even close based on what I saw. Yeah. You know, no. and watching him, he's like, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And I just, I, 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 when he stopped responding to me, I <laughs> had this experience of like, okay, dad, I had the same, I said the same thing almost when he left the house for the hospital. Cause I didn't know if I was going to get to see him again. Um, and that was a good day too. Um, of it's all you now like you're this is as far as I can go and today I realized that he asked for watermelon and I never brought it (laughs) 
It's like one one of those waitress nightmares where you're like, wake up in the night and you go, fuck, I forgot. To, the guy wanted a side of watermelon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's when that's when I was just like, I you know, I feel like you're in there now. You're in there walking through it, still experiencing it, letting go and like trying to let go and 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 trying to let go of everything earthly. Mm. Everything about he, being a being a human being. And uh you know, I can tell you my shavasanas have been otherworldly since. Um but yeah, so I just I just you know it I didn't know I, I didn't read about doing this or necessarily even see the nurses doing this, but the things that my brother and I were saying to my dad were very like you're doing a great job. Just working hard. And then he wanted a green burial, so we buried him the day after he died, and um, he didn't want to be embalmed or be buried in a casket. So he had put together all these plans um, that then I had to figure out how to execute. And the morning... Uh, in the palliative care room before my dad passed, uh, you know, his breathing had changed again and um, his eyes had changed again. All of a sudden I could see the brown of his eyes again and, you know, um, my brother and I were like, well, maybe we can put all the pieces together in this way and that looks like having a parade a parade of of my dad displayed in his his casket it would be it would have been closed he had this handmade handmade casket built um that he had wanted to then um not be buried in so that other people could use it because caskets are expensive mm. and um there's this beautiful piece of art by a local guy cost him you know 500 bucks and Anyway, the uh, turned out all that was illegal. The parade we tried to orchestrate was illegal, but my God, we had <clears throat> so much fun laughing about it in the in the palliative room. Like we were like just you could just hear my dad's voice getting excited <laughs> about like yes, and we'll get some flowers from here, and we'll tell everybody. Let's post it, and sh- so we went into my dad's my dad's Facebook, which in retrospect, I probably should have warned people that I was, that we were going to do. But my brother wrote this message from my dad's account being like, does mm-hmm. uh, basically we need a trailer for our parade. And, mm-hmm. um, my dad was still living at the time, but definitely not Facebooking. And, um, and so we got him, we put him in the, we did as, as, as much to form as we, we could. And it was all very swift and he would have loved it. And then, and then, I zoomed my aunt and my two aunts from the States in to watch the burial where they, they, you know, my brothers, everybody, it's, we didn't fucking rehearse it. And the funeral home director, it was we, really funny, which we had to like, involve. Yeah, we had to I, involve I was, him. Legally. I was on that. I was on that zoom call. As and well. he was like, he was like, maybe next time you should have a rehearsal. <laughs> but we, so, so I'm on the maybe zoom call and I'm like, I'm like, 
realizing that I haven't prepared anyone for the fact that mm-hmm. dad is just wrapped in a, like in a shroud. Oh, I, like when he, when he popped up, I was like, holy, holy fuck, Bill's just in that bag. <laughs> yeah. he's, just in, was, he's just in like that This cloth. is how he wanted. This is what he wanted. And then like, and then like that hole was so deep. It was and, so deep. My brother jumps into the hole. He jumps in like, and like, did they drop him? Like, did no, they, they drop just handed, the like they handed it to my brother. To yeah, right. yeah. And I, and I was like, you know, we're, I, mean, I was watching it. I was literally watching it going, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. This is <laughs> happening. Like it, it was so, uh, it was very jarring, but like, but also kind of beautiful, you know, like, <laughs> and also I was laugh. I was laughing cause I was like, I'm at a, I'm on a, I'm on a fucking zoom funeral. Yeah. <laughs> I'm zooming a funeral. This is fun. Like this is the fucking time we live in. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And I'm so <laughs> And then for the whole next day, I was like biting my nails being like, I shocked everybody. I shocked everyone in my family. And it was just like, it was, they hadn't been with me for the journey so far. So I was like, guys, this is fine. Will's going to catch the body and we'll just, you know, (laughs) we don't have the fancy elevator thing. Um, and And when Will was like, oh yeah, I'll just get in the hole and you can hand them to me. I was like, okay, great. That's yeah, a, dude, that's so funny because my whole the whole time in my head I was like, "Whoa!" Like, I was I was thinking about the elevator thing, and I was like, "What?" I guess, wow, wow, we created that because of like to make the, like I I had this whole thing of going, "Holy shit!" I'm just like learning that there's all these things that go into funerals for like the, the for like the the show of of like dignity to. To the dead, like uh, where there, there was none of that here. And I was like, well, this is like run and gun fucking <laughs> yeah. like it's just a couple of fucking dudes with boots on. Like <laughs> it was so hardcore. It was so hardcore. And then like and all of us, like family members, like in our in our living rooms or like in our work offices, just watching on the screen. I'm like, this is kind of this is kind of gnarly. Like <laughs> it's really fucking metal. It's <laughs> <Yes>, pretty metal. <laughs> Yeah. It was pretty metal. I put, I had to put um I had to put a pillowcase um over my dad's feet when we transferred him from the casket to this tray that they wanted to. Ca- oh my god, you would have laughed so hard. So the funeral <laughs> director was like not impressed with us at all. In the morning of the the burial, when we were getting him from the church, he was like, "Are we? Are is he being buried in the casket or on the or or not?" And I was like, "Well, I haven't had a chance to talk to my brothers about it." He was like, "You need to talk to them about it right now." <laughs> and so I, they pulled them out of the the chapel, and and Will and Eli and I stood there and had like a, a very like urgent conversation about what we were going to do because right. you know Will and I had been in all these conversations about what was legal and Eli wanted to respect dad's wishes and he wanted other people to be able to use this casket which is fucking illegal which is stupid anyway so just because your dad laid in it but wasn't buried in it yeah you, you cannot reuse a casket that's what they said but you can is, fucking no, rent no, a no, casket no. That, no 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 yeah that's you know what that is I almost I almost fucking guarantee you I almost fucking guarantee you because we've gone over this on fucking sick boy. That's that's funeral home bullshittery. Okay, but we Fu- no funeral, get my funeral dad's- homes do good work, but also yeah. funeral homes are fucking making money scam artists. Yeah. Like they are, they're also they are also part time scam artists. Uh, yeah. there's a well, bunch of shit that you'll be told is illegal. Yeah, when it most certainly is not. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna use the word illegal 
when yeah. it's fully fucking legal. But anyway, we whatever. Them I, we don't need to, to get into approve that. of our plans before the palliative center would release his body right. to us. And right. anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> we tried to we tried to do it without the funeral. But then, but then, yeah. So then, when. When he made that comment, I swear to God, I heard it. Maybe he didn't, but I swear to God, I heard him say next time we should, we should have a rehearsal. Um, he picked up the tray that we had carried. It's called a tray that we had carried dad from the hearse to the gravesite in. And Will was like, can that be used for another body? And Ooh. I'll, uh, I won't say, it. I won't say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could see your brother saying that that way oh, too. Oh, he was Dude, not, he's, he I is, asked he's him. one of my favorite people to, to watch. He's so, he's so smart and so witty. Yeah. And also so like no bullshit. Yeah. You oh, know what Todd, Todd, Todd was like, <laughs> your brother's got a similar sort of thing as a, like, like tone as a Louis CK. And I was like, I've always thought that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He's uh he was a blast to have around in the couple of days emotional, but <laughs> we had a lot of really good laughs and uh and it was good. It was really good to connect with my brothers in that Ooh. way and um you know, just like all my siblings have such a different relationship with my dad and you know, I only have mine and I I don't know. I think I think a really lovely thing about death is it can it can bring people together, um, and it certainly certainly has. And it, and you know, just so wild that that my mom ended up taking him in. My dad, you know, for the last yeah bit, and he was so appreciative, and he would just be like, "I can't believe that." You know what? I just realized mm. actually over the weekend. What? I am thirty six years old. I'm mm-hmm. the same age my dad was when I was born. Whoa. That's poetic. Yeah. I'm exactly Ooh. half his age. He died at 72. Crazy. I know. And it's it's wild because, you know, I've been hearing more and more and more stories about that time, you know, before I was born and like in the early years of my life and shit I had no idea about. So, Dude, it... Dude, you're, oh, fuck man, your parents back at, in those days. Mm-hmm. My dad it, to had me, corn to when me, he was it, 22. I, I, I visualize their lives as, uh, as like a, as like a link letter film, you know, like I, I, it like when I watch Dazed and Confused and like the, the, the romanticism of that like time period in that film. That's to me is like thinking about or like when you watch like videos of like Woodstock, you know, and, and just like just like the the like the crazy free love like that 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 whole vibe like that just I, I just uh, your parents lived such a interesting life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And the kinds of friendship that I see between them mm. is really, has been really profound. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I can't. Did you ever get the, did you ever get the background on the, on his, on his nickname? Izzard, Izzard Goat. Izzard Goat. Like where that came from or how? No. 
I mean, Izzard is his father's name. Mm-hmm. Reverend Goat, I'm not sure. But I, I'm going to find out. I'm, I'm conducting a series of interviews with people that were Izzard, Reverend Goat. Reverend Izzard Goat. Reverend Izzard Goat. Yeah. I found a what? business card in his wallet that says that. That's all. Really? Yeah. It's such a badass. Really it's such a badass title. Yeah. I asked him. Reverend it was one of the last Izzard things. Goat. I asked him. Uh, I realized we didn't talk about what to put on a stone for him. And I, and he wasn't using a lot of sentences at this point. So I just said, do you want Izzard on your tombstone? And he was like, yeah. (laughs) And that was it. So we didn't talk. That's all it's going to say. Well, you know, what's also really funny to note is that he's buried next to my grandfather, but not his father, my stepmother's father. Mm Mm-hmm. So he and Shirley, my stepmother, have been separated for 10 years. And for 10 years? For 10 oh years. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when he got sick, she was like, mm, my parents bought us grave plots for Christmas one year. Um, do you, are you going to use yours? Do you want want to use yours? That would be fine. And uh, my dad was like, yeah, that sounds good. So my dad's out, you know, and they were together for 20 years, but mm-hmm. it's just like these women, these, these different maternal figures in a way for my dad. Mm. He told me once he was always looking for a mom. So. That's really funny. Yeah. And you know what else? This is the other really, um, this is the other sort of like. I don't know, connection I'm making with all of this. Something that I, I've, been, I've been working on, you know, I've been trying to like work on myself over the last, well, hopefully my whole life, but definitely over the last few months, trying to do some, some self-work and uh, focus it around my heart. And, and uh, I was like, okay, let's, let me figure out how to be, how to be more of a, like, a loving partner. Um. Cause I can get cold and I can isolate and I can do all these things. So how do I stop doing that? And not only, you know, over the past few months with my dad, am I seeing a lot of like why I might be like that or like where I might've learned mm. the, that kind of way of love. Behavior. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, but also what's when I said like, okay, universe, let's, I want to learn about my heart. Um, I I started noticing this like burning in my uh like in my like where my solar plexus is mm-hmm. and it it I finally had it named <clears throat> in this book that I just started reading called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um it's like a a a book about about essentially encouraging um people to connect to the the, like the wildness that they are mm-hmm. um, before all of like manners and society and like here's the here's the blueprint for like what you should want and how you should be and how you should get what you want you know especially for women it's a she's a feminist writer um, and and she talks about the knowing she talks about God but she she's a Christian but sort of and um, and 
when she talks about God, she's she's talk, she's talking about the God of of your understanding. So mm-hmm. whatever yeah. whatever that is for you, and but she talks about it being the knowing. It's like it's like it's in you or your intuition or that 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 voice essentially that that inner voice that I've I've always heard about him and like what the fuck is that vo-? like what do you mean listen to your heart what do you mean listen to yourself like or listen to your gut or like what's your gut tell you like but the way that she's described it as this 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 knowing but it's also the same place for me as what she refers to as the ache and it's mm-hmm. also the place where y- y- your nervous system communicates to your digestive system about whether it's safe to rest and digest or whether we're in fight or flight. So when that mm. um, switches on up, up, up closer to your head, you know, if you're perceiving danger, there's that bundle of nerves that's just like tells your, your guts what to do. And, um, and I carry all of my tension in my digestive system, like, or there, maybe it's there. I don't know. All of a sudden, now that I have a location for it and something to call it, I'm like, now it's the same. It's, it's grief. Like grief is there. Um, like it gets hot. It feels hot. And I realize like, I need to relax my stomach. I need to relax my abdominal muscles. And all of a sudden I feel connected. It's so weird. Mm. It's, it's just a practice that has been interwoven into this experience of like, COVID-19 as well, but, and my dad and. And wh- just, where, where did you, where is this? Is this a book? Yeah. The book called Untamed. What's, Untamed. Mm-hmm. And what's her name? Glennon Doyle. And you're, aren't you, you're doing like a book club about this book, aren't you? Yeah. I, I started one just like the weekend. Just before. Plug that? Yeah. So I started a, a little reading club with this book. I haven't updated it honestly since uh, my dad passed away, but I'm still loving reading it and I'm, I'm gonna, um, hopefully dive into it a little more actively now that I have the time. Um, <clears throat> I think it's called, how do I switch? Between, I have so many goddamn Instagram profiles. It's just <sighs> untamed, untamed reading club. Um, all yeah. one word. No, uh, no. Okay. Yeah. It has, I mean, it, if you put untamed reading club, it's untamed underscore reading underscore club. Um, but yeah, that's just 99 followers right now. Hey, look that's at pretty you. good. I got some messages well, some comments to respond to. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a cool place to have a conversation. I, 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 yeah, I, I like it. Um, um, I, can I also say, maybe one we should thing? just leave. Yeah. What, what? Yeah. Huh? Huh? What? Huh? 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 I have one other thing I'd like to say. Um, yeah. Please do. Because I've been using this book and this experience as well in, in the yoga classes that I've been teaching on, on Sunday mornings. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, why don't you just plug that? Where are you teaching these classes? So I'm teaching online for Moto Yoga Halifax online. Um, they have online drop-in prices. I believe it's $10 a class. Um, or you can sign up for like a class pass or a month, even a monthly membership. Um, that's been the case at least for the last month. We're going to have a, I feel, feel like we're going to have a game changer of a conversation on, on Friday when we, when we have a, we're having a, a staff meeting and, and I think we're going to keep on going with this online class thing. I, I think it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. 
Yeah. So anyway, but I've been weaving a lot of like, I've been trying to process a lot of it through my yoga practice as well. And then also through teaching and, um, it's a 30 day challenge. So there's quotes that they give us every day to work with in the practice. And that's been lending itself really nicely to like the experience of, of all this, but, but yeah, this river basically Glennon refers to love that open, that feeling that I've been trying to, to feel, which is like a flow of love that comes back and forth without obstacles, without all these, I've described them all my life as walls. Like I just have this wall and I can't get past it and I don't know what it is. And I can see you on the other side. I can see you in conflict, like needing love from me and I can't fucking give it to you. But as soon as I read her sort of metaphor on the thing of, of it being a river, um, and that there's boulders in the river, and sometimes you just need a boulder remover, remo- remover, which I love because there's, there is a flow there. It's not the fullest expression of the flow, but it's, it's organic. It's got boulders in it, you know? And so I, I, I think, I think through this whole process of, of losing my dad, I've been really struggling with the balance of like being a partner and being a caretaker, being this like maternal place, you know, in the days with my dad and then being in like a feminine, like lover place. Um, it's just like, you know, it, 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 it hasn't been working, but when my dad went into the hospital and I started shaking my body a lot more and like doing a lot of more somatic movement, um, and like voice work and a, a letting emotion come out on my voice. Um, I think it's been a bit of a boulder removal. Like I think I feel Ooh. all of a sudden like letting my heart be open to feeling the depth of my feelings whenever they come about my dad, especially is like it's made the other kind of love more easy and easeful to Ooh. express. I don't know why I haven't put, I haven't quite made it all match up, but I know, I know it's connected. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's like when a lot of times when we start to like notice that our mental health is like slipping, you know? Um, or I don't want to, I don't want to like put out a blanket statement here because, because that wouldn't be true. But for a lot of people, when they lose touch with their, their need and their desire to be physically um, emotive and like, and physically active and, 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 reconnect with movement in some way in their life, it creates so much more space for, um, for mental clarity and, and for their mental health to like thrive, Mm. you know? Um, and so it makes total sense that, that this, this exploration that you've taken into physical movement and how that's like, again, offered you space 
maybe not so much in the, in the realm of like mental health, but more so in, in just mental clarity in being able to tap into the different like emotional sides of yourself. Um, I think giving them a physical expression or an external expression, whether it's movement um, or vocalizing is like, Mm. I felt so light. It's it's such a release. It's such a, it's like, I remember one time taking a class from Ted, um, our brother-in-law and, and and teacher of ours um, and him talking about how, you know, if you've ever seen a dog that's under stress and it, and it shakes its whole body and like it's, it's head, it's body. It does this whole like, uh, sort of barrel, like rotational shake back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And their ears are flapping. That's like, that's like a dog's version of a, a sigh. <sighs> you know, this like sigh of like <sighs> release, like letting go of like the, the built up tension or, 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 um, pressure of, of stress or, or whatever. And how we as humans that like our version of that is, uh, you know, like when we're angry, we sigh. When we're, when we're really sad, we sigh. When we're, um, when we're like overwhelmed with, with elation, we sigh. It's, it's a way for us to like, to release, to let go, to kind of reset. It's, it's that reset button. And so of, you know, that really resonates with me because I, I get it. I, I get that sensation. I know what, when, when Ted says that, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like I get that. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah, of course, like in these times of, of great distress or, or, you know, like mental fog where we're inundated with fucking you know people dying in nursing homes and and being stuck in our houses and you know our father who's who's end stage cancer and dying and trying to figure out like how the fuck we're going to make ends meet like we're just in survival mode you know and and how easy it is to like get caught up in all of that and not find the way that we need to press that reset button, not find the way because a simple size is not going to do it. You know, the, there, there needs to be some sort of like greater expression of, of release. Yeah. I, I think, think it, I think it totally makes sense. Yeah. It just, I'm listening to that and I'm just thinking of everybody, you know, who has never experienced that. Um, mm-hmm. being a way to, you know, like we think about shouting or yelling or screaming as being sort of like, maybe like, Oh, I don't want to do that. That seems a bit much, oh but God, actually into a pillow. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, but there's, so good. there's like, there's a great vulnerability and also just sighing and letting your voice shake as you know or like humming and and hearing the tremble in your own voice if you are mm. emotional mm-hmm. um i think 
I think that is a really nice gift if you can appreciate it is <clears throat> is like if you if you start humming through discomfort and then you can almost you can feel physically you can hear it in the vibration and feel it in the vibration of your body eventually giving over to something that it has mm-hmm. been if fighting maybe or trying to contain or you know I think of it almost like yin yoga just like long, slow, patient, hold, and mm-hmm. then you go, ugh, your whole body just sinks into it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really enchanted, actually, by the whole experience of having been here. And and I am also aware that death doesn't always look like this. And mm-hmm. it could be very, it would be a very different thing. Um, if any number of factors were were different, but I'm I'm so grateful to my dad for his spiritual existence. My mom says, you know, she he's always been spiritual, and mm-hmm. he he really he was really committed to it right through the end. And I don't mean like committed to the Bible or Jesus or Christianity or anything, but he was committed to. This is a this is my this is my transition. This is my metamorphosis. This is like this is the next part of the journey. You know? mm. And um I wanna do the work on myself to feel t- to be able to walk into death with that. And I and I because I tell myself, yeah. You know, I, I just saw all that and I was there and I, and I could stomach it. So I'm not scared of death, but I have had you know, over the past week since he's passed, I have had some deep moments of fear. Um, About your own death? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's probably a gift too. So I'm going to mm. spend some time with that the next time it surfaces i'm going to sit and process it with pen and paper maybe some movement maybe some sound but you know it's just such a life is such a wild roller coaster and mm. you can't be like yeah i've processed and i've grieved and now moving on it's like you know i'll probably i've probably burst into tears spontaneously about this in a year mm-hmm. um but I think it's also provided me the ability to experience a more joyful love as well for the people that I used to put walls up around uh, mm. myself around mm-hmm. the love monsters in my life that like Tara mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we I'm a bit of a love monster sometimes yeah yeah, your hair looks great right now. There's I'm so, a huge, so much hair. huge there's, fan of it's shaggy so hair. long. Yeah, shaggy hair. Um, I love you. I love you too. Thanks for. Thanks for. I don't know if I said this, but when when you hopped on when you were on the Zoom call, and I knew that things the, were about the Zoom funeral. The Zoom funeral, and I knew things yeah. were about to get a little hairy for me in terms of like I could I wasn't going to be able to record it 
uh, like mm-hmm. I promised I would and, and, or like narrate it. And, and this such a small thing, but it meant so much that I was like, I just knew you would take care of it. And, Oof. uh, I just, just same as the boys like jumping in and, and even Todd too, like he showed, he was like, does it matter? Should I get dressed up? I'm like, no, just wear your, wear your work pants with paint on them. Like I, I, I really was like <laughs> yeah. my dad, you know, he's just, I'm not dressing up either. But then, mm. but then instead of me carrying the tray, all of a sudden I was hosting a zoom funeral. And, mm-hmm. and so Todd just is like, Oh, oh, they were like you over here. And he was like, okay. And I was like, this is so <laughs> fucking awesome for me to not be the decision. Like every, if mm. I can just go, Hey guys, can you just take care of this? Take care of it. Yeah. And it happened. And I was so, so grateful for you mm. that whole afternoon. I was thinking about wanting to tell you that. So thanks babe. Thank you. I'm glad I got to be a part of it in some way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Shirley told me, my stepmother told me that uh, she thought it, I'm amazing. She thinks I'm, I turned out amazing. That's what she That's, said. I think she's she's <laughs> she's not wrong. You know, I'm just looking for validation also. Yeah, you know? pretty great. <laughs> um, we didn't talk about sex, really, and that's okay. And I think that this was uh, this was one of my favorite conversations that we've ever had on this podcast. And I, uh, I'm, I can't wait to put it out there. And I Thanks, think that baby. people need to hear this, these, these types of conversations. Yeah. Let's, because they're important. Let's learn how to love more fully. Yeah. Even though it yeah, exactly. fucking hurts then. Man, even though it fucking hurts, you know, I, I was, I was, I wasn't going to say this. I, you know what? We, uh, we have a segment on the show called just the tips where we, where we share, tips, uh, things to, to, for people to check out. And I got to tell you, bride years ago, like fucking years ago, like seven years ago, maybe you were like, you should, you should, uh, you should check out Duncan Trussell's podcast. And I, I really like Duncan Trussell every time I hear him on other podcasts and I kind of slept on it for a while. And then I started listening to it and I was like this, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then he put out a show on Netflix. So this is my just the tips for this week. All right. He put out a show on Netflix called the midnight gospel and it's the same, uh, co-created with the same guy who made adventure time. And I love cartoons. I love anime. Um, I, I really enjoy adventure time. So I was really excited to see the blend of Duncan Trussell and, and Pendleton, the guy Pendleton Ward who does, um, adventure time. But the idea of the show is that they take conversations from um, Duncan Trussell Family Hour, the podcast, and they they bring those conversations to life through animation. But they set these animations around this sort of like this this made up universe uh, uh, where where Duncan Trussell's character Clancy is using this like machine to travel to different. Uh, different through the multiverse to different universes and, and meet these people. And, and so, so they take the conversations that, that, that he's had on his podcast with guests and they, they sort of build this world around them. And so you're listening to mostly that conversation, but then they'll, they'll also like, you know, they'll veer off into conversations that their characters are having within that world that actually weren't recorded during the recording. If that makes any sense. Anyway, 
primarily it's a show of, of animated animations of the conversations that he's had on, on his podcast. And I blew through this thing. I had to limit myself to two episodes per day because I, I fell in love with it so immediately, so quickly, so intensely that I knew I was going to get like fucking really sad when it was over. And there was only nine episodes. And, um, and if you haven't taken the time to watch it, uh, I highly, highly suggest it. The first episode, you, you it, like, it might just, you might be like, this is fucking chaos. I don't know if I can handle it, but just get, just give it, give it a, give it a couple of episodes. Um, because I swear to fucking God by the ninth episode, it's one of the most like special things I've ever watched. I don't want to give spoilers away. Ah, fuck it. Whatever. This is in line with what we were talking about here. Little spoiler alert. Um, it's a, it's a conversation that he has with his mother, Duncan's mother. So that's the, that's the conversation that they're, they're doing on this particular episode on episode nine. But the recording of the podcast when Duncan had this conversation with his mom, um, they recorded that while she was dying of cancer. And, and it, it was actually recorded like a few weeks before she passed away. And it's, it's such a beautiful conversation. And, you know, the conversation, the themes of the conversation are, you know, what, what it means to love and what it means to lose a loved one and the, the cost of grief and, and, um, just the importance of like, of, of, of meditating on your own death, uh, which I think is like a lot of the themes within Duncan Trussell's show anyway, you know, it's like, it's a lot of, he taught, he's, he's very big on like meditation and, and, you know, existential thoughts on life and death. And anyway, this fucking show is like the most, it's just the most wonderful thing. And it's, I think it's honestly like come out at the most perfect time, you know, this time where we're like, we're stuck in our fucking homes and we're stuck with our fucking thoughts. And, you know, we're all, we're all experiencing shit on top of the shit that we're all currently experiencing together. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just like a great piece of art that, that, that truly, I think like, well, if you, if you, if you really sit with it, will like make you think, and think about things that are really valuable. Anyway, now I'm on this fucking hardcore Duncan Trussell family hour kick. And I'm just like, what a guy, man. What a, what a show. I can't imagine what it's like inside his head. <coughs> Holy fuck. I know yeah. he's my favorite cool. right now. That's a good, just so anyway, the tip. That's, that's my, just the tip. Go that's check great. that out. And, uh, and mine will, will just say is, uh, untamed by Glenn yeah. and Doyle. Um, I think worth reading whether you're a person with a vagina or not. Um, I think there's some really interesting stuff in there that is worth, worth reading. Just, you know, it's a nice, it's a good, easy read, um, digestible, let's say, Mm. and, uh, come join my book club and tell me your favorite moments. Thank you all for taking the time to sit down and listen to us talk about death and grief 
Um, and we love you and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll be back next week with a regular episode of Turn Me On Podcast where we just talk about just, you know, freaks and geeks. Uh, all all y'all freaks out there. Actually, I think next week's episode we're literally talking to a guy who's like whose life revolves around um, like very realistic life sex dolls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you have that to look forward to uh, next week. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Well, it looks like we just crossed 5 million podcasts in the world, so it is with some humility that I introduce mine, Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Once a week, we share heart-to-hearts with smart, good people like Brian Stevenson, Anna Quinlan, Father Greg Boyle, talking about how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, and how we might do both better. Kelly Corrigan Wonders is a podcast for people who like to laugh while they think and aren't afraid of feelings. Join us for Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Hey, listeners. If you like this show, you should check out Unlocking Bryson's Brain from CBC Podcasts. 13-year-old Bryson is a happy, loving boy, but a mysterious disease means he can't walk, talk, or feed himself. After years without a diagnosis, genetic scientists believe they know what's causing Bryson's illness and think it could be reversed. Join Bryson's family on their search for a medical miracle in unlocking Bryson's brain. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, there we go. That was a, that was a long conversation about death and hold grief. On, hold on, do that, do that one more time, Jer. I was coughing. I mean, you can cut it out and now I've ruined it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, there we go. Uh, all right, we're back. Let's leave that. Leave <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, what's the fucking point? Cut it out. You, you know, I cough all the time on this show. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was a little bit of insight into into the loss that uh, that Bridie and I have both recently gone through. I say Bridie and I. There was a lot of people that lost lost out there. Bill was. Uh, if anyone didn't have the opportunity to meet him, I've I've always said this. I don't I don't think I said this in the recording. But I've always described Bill as the most interesting man I've ever met in my entire life. And mm-hmm. he, I don't think anyone will truly take that spot away from him. He, he, no. he's a man, he was a fucking character. You know, I had a, I had a, I had like a very like in passing relationship with, with Bill on like the handful of times that we met. And, mm. um, um, you know, you can, he was for sure one of those people that once you meet him, there's no going back. Yeah, like yeah, you you're don't not ever forget. forget. You will always remember that, yeah. that guy who did that thing or said that thing or, you know, the, some parts of that conversation that just like stuck out to me were, were, I can't remember if it was you or Brady saying, you know, he'll just break out in monologue and yeah. <clears throat> he'll, you know, he, he was like a performer through and through, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, I thought that Brady, similar to something that Brian said, said uh, before we threw to the conversation, like um, I think what's probably so valuable <clears throat> from my perspective of, of having that as a, uh, as a conversation that we put out on our show is, is that, uh, there, 
although, although obviously in our experience, we've come across many people who can talk about death and talk about tough stuff and have that conversation. Um, Brady, Brady articulates it in, in such a way that, that hits on, um, like so many different angles. Like she can think about it energetically, spiritually, emotionally, practically, Mm. um, you know, like is a, it's just a, um, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it was almost like a, how, like, like how to be with somebody who's dying for dummies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it but, was a really cool to listen to. But the other thing that, that kind of struck me on the, the second side of that was like how ready Bill was to die too. And how his acceptance of his own mortality and his death makes it, um, I don't want to say I don't feel like easier is the right word to use, but but allows um, the person or the people who are grieving the death, the space to feel that grief and be in that grief without Mm. worrying about how the person who is actually going (laughs) through the experience of dying is actually dealing with it emotionally. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it reminds me a lot, Jared, of like how you talk about um, preparing people for your death. And I actually, something came up for me when I was listening to your conversation with Bridie and um, one of the challenges I've had um, with your perspective of death or one of the things that you say a lot, Jared, when it comes to talking about death is how um, how other people dying fucks you up really bad. Mm. And you, you mentioned Brandon's death and something that's always kind of like frustrated frustrated me about your view is that you try to make everybody comfortable with the idea of your own death, but yet you find death so hard to deal with personally. And, and Bridie kind of like reframed that for me in a way when she challenged you on that idea. Yeah. She, I and mean, that, she, fuck, she that reframed totally it. Shifted my perspective. She reframed it for me too. You know, like, yeah, I'm uh, wondering, I'm wondering like how you felt about her kind of um, challenging that idea. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, like, so, you know, she just pointed out that I, that I just, I feel really deeply in those moments and, and that, and for whatever reason, I've always like taken that as this, I've always, I've always viewed that as this like negative way in dealing with death. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which, which I know, which is funny because I know that that's actually not, that's not the truth. That's not the case, you know, like. There's, there is, I mean, fuck, there's like, there's so many cultures where, where like wailing is, is a, is a part of the pro like is, is, is a healthy part of the, the grief process. The, um, uh, God, what is it? What's the name of it? In, in like leg, leg it. Um, now uh, there's another, is that what you're talking no, about? there's another word for it in, in, in Ireland. Um, okay. Um, what is it? Wailing. Breathe. There was that there there was an episode on Radio Lab where they keening talked about, keening the, tra- the the tradition of keening, um, which is just like it's just fucking from what I from what I understand the practice of keening is yeah right the practice of keening where women would gather and wail in grief at a funeral. You guys have you guys watched um oh, have you watched have you watched Midsummer? Yeah, it's like that scene no. in Midsummer where all those women crowd around her, 
when she's in this, like she's in a state of, of, of trauma. It's not about, it's not about loss, but like she's seen something that's really fucked her up. And so she's, she's like wailing and all these women, all these women crowd around her and they start, they start mimicking her wailing. They're wailing with her. They're wa- they're, they're like, they're, 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 they're recreating like the, the sense of like guttural fucking like hurt that she's going through and they're all doing it together. And it's just like, it's this super intense moment in, in film. And, and that's like that, that's what me, that's what I, it feels like to me when, when someone dies, you know, when Brady called me and I, I fucking knew Bill was like going to die that day or the next day. But when Brady called me and told me like, Oh, you know, she, she fucking calls me and she's like, Hey babe, I uh, just want to, just want to let you know, like dad passed away about an hour ago. And I'm like, I do everything in my power to like hold it in. And then as soon as I hang up the phone with her, I go into this like keening, you know, this like this deep fucking wail of, of just like crying so hard. And in my head, I'm going, this is, this is not okay. This is the bad way to do it. Why can't you like, why can't you control this? What, like, why do you, but then after talking to Bridie, I I'm reminded that like, no, that no dude, that's, that's grief. Like that's a part of grief that that's, that's healthy. That's you, you know, you're, you're pulling off that shit that your dad was taught growing up to like stuff it down. Cause it's not okay to fucking, you know? So in like in, in preparing other people for your own death, like does it change the way that you kind of think about how you prepare people to deal with your death? Like, is it, is it almost like, I mean, I guess if you heard that, for example, say say you could um, be here as like uh, say you could be here as a ghost when you die, and you uh, you fly over to my place. Why do you and- say Why do you say it like as if it's not a th- not going to be a, a thing? That's exactly what's going to happen. You know, when I'm dead, okay, so- I'm going to be like I'm hanging around. I'm, I'm going to fuck okay, with everyone. So so you die and uh, you fly over to my place and you're like, I wonder how Brian's going to take the news. And I get the call. Uh, assuming that I'm not by your side <laughs> hanging out with you when you die, but uh, but I get the uh, I get the call and they say, uh, "Hey, just want to let you know, Jer's dead," and I just start wailing. Are you looking down at me and like, "Yeah, buddy, get it out." Like, man, it, that's okay. Get it out. Get let all those feelings out. Are you like? Dude, come on. I tried to prep you for this. Like, you're supposed to be happy that I'm moving on to this afterlife and everything's cool and whatever. Like, like, what are your expectations on how people react when you're gone? Yeah, I guess I, yeah, I guess I just, I want people. Yeah. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I want everyone to grieve the way that they need to grieve, I guess, you know, like (laughs) I, but, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want like, I've seen people who don't, I've, 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 I've actually seen people who, who don't seem to handle death well, you know, like, like, like it, it, um, it affects them, their life in a way where, where like they just really can't let go of the, the fact mm-hmm. that someone has gone and someone has died. I would, I never, I don't want that. That's the one thing I don't want, mm-hmm. you know? I, I guess yeah. it's not fair to say. I mean, say that's just unproductive. What, yeah. I, I guess yeah, it's exactly. not fair to say, like, what, how would you react in that moment of hearing about somebody's death? Because really, the important thing is, like, how do you deal with it and embrace that grief? Like, Brady mentioned that. But that's you know, Jer's I, thing. Like, he's, I, he's like, I don't want people to 
like I don't want to tell people how to fucking do it. Like just don't, just don't, just don't, just don't let, let my death ruin your life. Yeah, don't let it. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't let it fuck like, you up. But Bridie said that like you know a year from now, for whatever reason, I might just all of a sudden think of my dad and burst into tears and feel that mm-hmm. sadness and, and grief moving through my body and just let it go and embrace it. But like also, it doesn't mean that you know she's going to be feeling that grief and be immobilized by it day in and day out for the next. 20 years or whatever too. Right? Yeah. I mean like, you know, you guys like, I don't know if you guys get this. I'm assuming you probably do sometimes. Sometimes I'm just listening to a song and like for whatever fucking reason, that song, whether it's conscious or subconsciously reminds me of some memory and then, or some emotion. It's not even a memory. It's just, it just like brings an emotion and I start to cry and it's like, <sighs> and then I cry and I'm done crying and I'm like, <sighs> Dude. Okay. Man up, bro. Man up. <laughs> I'm like, it, that's fucking crazy. But for me, it's uh for me it's Shavasana. And when and when Bridie talked about talked about having otherworldly yeah. Shavasanas, yeah. man, uh, Shavasana was a, a scary place for me to go for a bit after Brandon's death because mm-hmm. like I felt like that's where a lot of like I almost you know when you just feel this like really um, powerful sense of connection with yourself and your body and your emotions when you're finishing a, a yoga practice and you just lay down lay, you lay down into Shavasana and you feel just so connected with yourself and, and present um, and open to, to just let your emotions kind of pour out into yourself and, and uh, man when I went into Shavasana after Brandon passed away there was like a good few weeks where like Every time I would just burst into tears, and mm-hmm. it, it it felt good though. Like it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't so this you're like, releasing. Yeah, it was. It was exactly that. It was a release. Mm. Like you're, you are, you are, your ego is, and I don't mean ego in like the pop culture sense. I mean like in like the Freudian sense, is like the psychological Freudian sense is it's always trying to like bring shit under control. It's always mm. trying to, and so. And so a lot of the times, a lot of the time when you're listening to music or you're watching a film or you're, or you're going about your life or you're having a conversation with a friend and you, and those emotions are there that, that could bring on something that like tears and crying, your ego is like, is a lot of the time squashing that before it Mm. even reaches the surface for you to even realize that it's there. And, and it is, it is in those, it can be in those moments. It oftentimes is in those moments where you're at the end of a practice or you are fully engrossed in a film or fully engrossed in the rhythm of a song that the ego, the, the, the role of the ego kind of like, it just fades into the background and it doesn't have the opportunity to squash those things as they come to the surface. And then, and then you do feel them and then, and they come up, they can come on so quick that you go like, like, tears are here. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in that, and then you're, and then you're, and then you're laying on your mat or you're, or you're in your car driving and all of a sudden you're, you're crying or you're mm-hmm. feeling this like overwhelming emotion of whatever <clears> it is. And, and it feels like it just feels so sudden and so mm-hmm. intense because there's been no, there's been no, like the governor has been taken off. Uh, mm. you know, the, the, the throttler has been taken off and now you, and you're like, you're fully experiencing it and it feels like very, very raw. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And like, that's uh that is a, like pushing that away. It does, does, does such a great disservice, mm-hmm. you know? 
I'll always go back to to I oh like I haven't experienced I honestly I haven't experienced death close to me that that much in my life a few times but mm-hmm. not not a lot and my mom um uh I was I I was uh Brian called me I was on my way to teach yoga Brandon had passed away that that morning or the night before and um Brian called me and told me <clears throat> And I was like, yep, okay, cool. I got to go and fucking teach yoga. So I'll deal with that after I've done that. And it was this, you know, similar to what you said, Jared. Like I hung up the phone. And like when Brian told me that, my ego was like, nope, mm. not fucking dealing with that right now. You got to put that shit down because you got places to be and things to do and fucking stuff to, to take care of. Hung up the phone, immediately started bawling on the side of the road in my car. And all of a sudden realized like, I'm in, I can't go do that. <laughs> yeah. But, mm-hmm. but like just that emotion just like poured out and there's no, and then once the cap is off, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't put it back on and that's okay. And then, and then, you know, later in the day, it was great. We went for a hike and it was, you yeah. know, we laughed and talked about Brandon and, you know, it was, you know, just like, like, like Bill, we were expecting, you know, in a sense for Brandon to pass away. You know, we didn't necessarily have as much of a time expectation, but mm-hmm. You know, we kind of knew it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't the most shocking thing in the world. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as sudden. Um, I did, um, I did really, I did really, uh, listening to it, listening to the conversation with you and Bridie. Um, uh, and I'm glad you guys brought it up because you guys were talking about the whole like funeral home (laughs) situation. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, dude, Dude. this is just such a highlight of how much of a, like, like, it's Comedy like, it is. <laughs> it, you know, it's like, it reminded me of like going to a, you know, going to a, going to a, a car dealership and the car salesman just thinks he's got you yeah. for the, like the, for like the bells and whistles model of the whatever. Yeah, and man. then you're like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm just going to take the standard basic package. And then they just treat you like a piece of yeah. shit <laughs> for yeah. the rest of the, for the rest of the, like when you're signing the documents to lease the car, because they're just like. Cause they were so high that they were going to get you for all this money. And then they're just like, Oh fuck you. You're going to take it. This isn't even, there's not even air conditioning in this car. Yeah. (laughs) It, uh, yeah. And I, God, I wish like, I wish people could like, could understand what Bridie's brother is like, like, will it fuck dude. He's so funny. And like dude, talk, talking about him catching the body yeah. in the hole. Oh like, my god! Like, <laughs> dudes, I gotta say, I wish I watched that. I, I wish I was on that. Oh, Zoom funeral it was call. it was so it was so bizarre because I'm sitting there with um, it was it was very like like Brady didn't we didn't like send this link out to like a bunch of people. You know, it was it was very it was a very small group of people. Maybe uh, there was maybe like ten of us who were there, you know, it was like very close family members, you know, like Bill's, Bill's sister, like, you know, um, Bridie's stepmom, um, a couple of other people. And, you know, Bridie's, Bridie's, Bridie is, do, is, is, is broadcasting this, this burial, this like, like socially distant, um, uh, like quarantine rules, no more than five people gathering, burial on her phone with her headphones in <laughs> and at like kind of like sort of narrating but also trying to like deal with the fucking like the like you know because she says in the recording like there was no rehearsal there was no like there was no it was really just like run and gun like okay i guess we got to put this body in the ground 
And man, I was not, <laughs> I was not fucking prepared. You know, it's like, I like at one point, Brody just turns and, and I see the, I see the hole in the ground and I go, holy, oh fuck. That's a, that's just like a perfectly like sculpted rectangle hole that looks so deep. And then I see, I see like one of her brothers like hops down and I go, oh my God, dude, look how <laughs> deep that thing is. And then, and then like Brody kind of turns the camera a little more. And there's this like green shroud and I go, Oh my God, that's bill. Bill's in that fucking like blanket. And then, you know, and he was so frail. He was such a small man at the, uh, you know, by the time he passed away, it's like a couple of, a couple of the, the, the boys, like, you know, his sons, a couple of boys just like pick him up and they, they kind of like hand him down, like drop him down into the, into the hole where, where her, another brother is standing there and they just like take him and lay him down. And, and like, Bam, bam, bam. That was it. And like, Will, you know, like Will hops out of the hole and they kind of look at it. And like, I think someone like, you know, put some dirt down there and like, like a, like a handful, like a ceremonial kind of like, like Mm -hmm. toss the dirt into the hole kind of thing. And I I was just so single rose. I was so dude, I was just sitting here going, what the fuck is (laughs) life right now? Dude, we're just, we're just like, this is the most. And I, and, and while this is all happening, I shit you not while all this is going on, I'm eating my breakfast and I'm having my coffee and I'm going, <laughs> and then someone, and then someone zoom, yeah, then, yeah, dude, and someone zoom sit, bombs. We're just on, yeah, 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 some fucker <laughs> we didn't know popped in. Yeah. We're all just sitting there on zoom and I'm like, I'm like, God, this is, and I'm drinking orange juice and I'm just going, this is, this is so bizarre. Like what a bizarre fucking, you know, and then, you know, Brady's internet kind of cuts out and it cuts out and then I'm like. I got to kind of step in and go, all right, everyone, I, I um, Brady's texting me saying that there's not enough internet. So I guess this is it. Um, if, if you would like, I recorded the zoom call. So if you, if you guys would like this, I can, I can send it to you mm. to, to send to other people, I guess. I don't know how this works. Like it was just so, <laughs> it was just so weird because of the circumstances that we're in, you know, in this COVID time. Um, I also, I also really enjoyed that, um, that he put his nickname on, he wanted to put his nickname on the, uh, <laughs> Izzard, yeah. on, on the, on the tombstone yeah. because like, you know, it always, like it, it, it always, um, it always kind of strikes me as bizarre when you're at a, if you're at a, uh, a cemetery and you see all these, like, these like really hard, like kind of somber or like very emotional or heartfelt little like messages on tombstones. And mm. it's like, like, you know, if, if I had a tombstone, it was like, he always loved deeply. It's like, yeah, sometimes, but like most of the time it was like yeah. he farted aggressively. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, but, but yeah, dude, like, he had hot, they, hot breath. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, part, though, like, is, that's, that's what people would remember me more for. The worst part <laughs> is when, when it says like, he left us too soon. It's like, yeah, we can kind of, we can, we deduce that from the dates. You know, like we looked and yeah. we saw that he was born this year. We figured, yeah, he was fifty. Yeah, he left too soon. That I wonder. I wonder what they to his character. I, I wonder what yeah. they do allow. Like, I wonder where. Like, would they? Would they let you put like a? You know, like, is it? Is it kind of like totally up to you what you can put on your tombstone or like? Or is a funeral home going to go on the property? Right. I, well, I don't know if we're, we fucking feel rage. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if we feel comfortable with with saying like. Like he, like, like fucking Crystalia's tombstone life rips. It's like, I, you know what? <laughs> Why? I, I don't know if we can do life rips. That's, uh, I'm not sure if we can pull that off. 
I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I'll have a tombstone. I don't, I'm because, not really like, sure what I'll should, have, but I, it but if I be do something, yeah, if I, if I have a tombstone, I want to say like, you know, something like, that like we know and like everybody yeah. who didn't know you would go, huh? Yeah. Like they'd all scratch their heads about, but like yeah. people who know you go, which would oh, make it fun. Right. It would make it way more fun to go to graveyards and yeah. read shit. I mean, you know, it's I, like, it's I, like when you I read, actually when, already, I love doing that. But when you, you read, honestly, you know when you read you, old yearbooks and people put quotes and they're actually funny, mm, what happens to us as we yeah. get old where like we go from high school when we made these like funny one-liners to to share like who we are as people. Yeah, with, people just become fucking another. boring. <laughs> and 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 they and they and they just acquiesce and fucking conform to whatever people want. And those people are sheep. Um but um you know like 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 nobody sh- nobody who didn't know you should be able to read your tomb, whatever it says in your tombstone and get it. <laughs> like everybody should be confused that didn't know you uh, by reading your tombstone. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I guess that's some homework for the week. We should go away and think about what, what our tombstones. What we want to say. say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there, there, I, you know, just coming back to this conversation, there was, there was a lot that I, that, Again, I said, I said earlier, Bridie is, you know, she's like my, she is my greatest teacher and, uh, she's always, she's always, she's always pushing me to shift my perspectives and to take a step back and, and, you know, reconsider things and, and see things from a different light. And, uh, she definitely continues to do that. And, and for sure with it, like through this whole process of losing Bill and, and in the time that we lost him, she's done that. Um, and I, I hope, I hope that some people who've listened to this feel, feel like they've taken something from that as well. Um, and, and honestly, I'd like to actually hear, like, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, if you, if, if that conversation touched you in some way or, or you, or something stuck out and it made you think about things in a different light, um, just let us know. Uh, you can, send us an email, uh, info at sickboypodcast.com. And, uh, I would love to, I'd love to read that. And I would also just love to share it with Bridie, um, because I'm sure she would really enjoy that. So, um, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for listening to that conversation and for having like a little, little, uh, shoot the shit sesh. Um, dude, don't even fucking worry about it. Yeah, bruh. Life rips. Life rips. No worries. Life rips. All good. Um, uh, cool. Bridie's Bridie's amazing. I know. That was great. He's fucking awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's that's it for this week, I guess. I'm Brian. I'm I loved deeply, and I am Jeremy. And I, uh, his mustache will always be forgotten. And this is sick work. <laughs> that, was, that was dumb. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.